point. So you know, after further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. <laughs> he is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. No, welcome back to 88.3 WXUT. After further review. Got David, the man of God. Harris on the phone lines. Just got done talking about some NBA, NFC East uh, football preview. You know, football season is right around the corner. And then also, you can listen to us right in your pocket if you have the SoundCloud app or an iPhone. Make sure you check us out. WSUT's after further review. Now we talk a bit, a little bit about the U.S. women's soccer team, and with them winning the World Cup over the Netherlands, what that means for them, and in the future of women's soccer. David, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so if you haven't, you know, gotten out of a rock, women 2-0 pretty decisively over the Netherlands. You were actually pretty right. Didn't you predict like a 3-0, 2-0 win? Or, or two? Yeah, it was close. I thought it would be 2-1. Right, it was close. Only 1-0 to what, the 90, not the 80th minute? Yeah, so it was really late, kind of a little on edge. And kind of with, with it being 1-0, you're kind of never sure as to because Netherlands scored that goal 1-1. Kind of the dramatic kind of finish, but kind of getting that second goal to kind of basically seal the deal against the Netherlands side, who was strong and was pretty consistently solid throughout the tournament, but going up against the juggernaut that is U.S. women's soccer, they just just didn't have enough. And so the women win, they have the parade, and kind of on that same day, Sunday night, the men kind of lose gloriously in fantastic in fantastic fashion to Mexico one nil in the Gold Cup final. And so it kind of creates this kind of duality kind of two situations about US soccer moving forward, knowing that the women are back to back World Cup champs, first country to do it since Germany. And then you have this men's side that can, you know can get can get to, you know, the final and I'll talk a little bit about the corruption in a second, just around that, but can't really get over the hump. And so I think moving forward, all the investment, all the resources, all kind of the pump and phrase and the publicity that the U.S. Soccer Federation does should be geared exclusively to the women. It should be promote of the U.S. Women's National Team Look at women's soccer because they are the right now, they are dominating. They are the top tier best in the world, and they've proved it. Yes, they've had a couple of hiccups along the way. Yes, they didn't have those grand performances from every player, kind of, but those recognizable names that you know show, showed up when they matter most. You know, Megan Rapino has become a household name, not just in the political circle with the president trying to talk trash and then she goes out and wins everything. But like this, this team is what U.S. soccer is, is trying to build and publicize and kind of imagines the men seem to be, but that's not the case. And so I think if I'm U.S. soccer federation, if I'm looking at, okay, this is just like, when we talk about U.S. soccer, our first 
instinct should be talking about, oh, we're talking about the women. Not U.S. women's soccer. It's U.S. soccer and U.S. men's soccer. Because I think at this point, the identity and the success of this organization, of this federation, is the women. And until the men can prove that they are, like, at least competent in in the competition, like, we... Like, I'm, I'm starting to feel as though it's a kind of a conglomerate. And as we get closer to the 2022 World Cup, there's, and it's being shown, there's this visible effort in order for the U.S. men to, like, everything has to be moved, structured, framed, dictated, kind of corrupted in a sense, I'm just going to be honest to make sure that the U.S. do not miss out on another World Cup, whether it's Fox, whether it's CONCACAF, which is kind of the regional federation, whether it's U.S. Soccer Federation. Like, they're doing everything they can to make sure that no matter how crafty the men's team is, they are in the World Cup. Because that means money for Fox. That means money for Telemundo. That means money in the U.S. Soccer Federation's pockets. That means, you know, this team is kind of on the TVs leading up to the North American World Cup in 2026 that we're co-hosting with Mexico and Canada. And as I was thinking about this this week, it's kind of almost where, as I kind of try to get back to people that I've lost over the past like minute or two, it's kind of like how the college football playoff, like no matter how bad Alabama is, like, they will be in the playoff. And so a couple of seasons ago, when they lost three games and everyone thought, oh, why is Alabama in the college football playoff? Like, that's essentially kind of what CONCACAF is doing with this U.S. national team. Like, they went out and restructured, changed the rules about kind of the qualifying tournament to make sure that the U.S. would be in this easy tournament that's you know, hexagonal round robin tournament that all but guarantees that they get in. And then just in case they stick up the joint, which is we didn't know to do, which is why we weren't in Russia. Then we're going to have this separate little side, you know, one off tournament against the rest of the Federation. And maybe, you know, the United States can win that. And that'll guarantee like they're making so many caveats. And changing this in a way that they, like, they, CONCACAF wants the U.S. in Qatar. The U.S. Soccer Federation wants U.S. in Qatar. Even if the U.S. don't prove themselves worthy enough to make it to Qatar on their own effort, they don't want to lose out on that money again. Even though the 2018 World Cup was fine with that, like, it would have been nice for them to be in Qatar, yeah, or Russia, that would be nice, but they're not good enough. And the women are. The women are proving, like, hey, we don't need some special tournaments, some special qualifications. We just go out there, we kick Canada's butt, we kick Mexico's butt, we kick all these other teams' butts and cotton caps, and we go, go to the World Cup, kick everybody else's butt. Like, that, that's how it should be. And you know, it was mentioned throughout the week and throughout the parade, equal pay, equal pay. 
like as far as I'm concerned, like the U.S. women should be getting kind of the pay. Like they, well, first of all, they shouldn't. They should be getting an increase in base salary, anyways, regardless, because they are the pinnacle of the organization. And for anyone that says, "Oh, they don't have the money," or based off wherever she is, that's BS. Because people are going to watch them as a national team because you know they're more publicized than the women. Let's just be honest. But in terms of you know the salary, the bonuses, and everything, it should be kind of how the women are. If you know if they don't make it. Basically, the men shouldn't get paid until they win something. Let's just get to the short of it. If you win a tournament, then you can get your bonus. If you lose, you get nothing. Like, and if the women give, give the women money, if they get they should get all the bonuses. They should get the rewards. They should get the acclamation. They should get the acknowledgement. They should get the recognition and the rightful payment as such, because they're not on, you know, hundred thousand dollars salaries or $500,000 salaries or million-dollar salaries that some of the male counterparts are. But what we're expecting them to, you know, oh, because they put on the national team, oh, they should be content with this base salary, the small revenue, and, you know, bonuses here or there. Like, you know. Like, if the men can get paid millions of dollars and then show up against Mexico and not be able to score, even though you have Premier League, former and current Premier League players, like no. Like if you if you want to play like crap, then you can get paid like crap. Like But the thing about course. it is and I listened on one of the shows I not to cut you off, but the revenue thing. But this but in soccer though I heard the women's team revenue wise almost brings as much in as the men's team, I believe. I heard that off of one of the sports local sports morning shows here in, in Toledo. So if that's the case then there should possibly be equal pay because obviously the women they play better than the men. I mean, let, let, let's just be honest. I mean, two back-to-back World Cups. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, World Cups. And, and they draw. They draw a lot. Um, you know, now in the cross crossing sports where the WNBA, that's a little bit different. I mean, to make money, you got to, I mean, to get money, you got to make money. But I've heard that within soccer wise the women do almost bring in as much as the men and they should be getting equal play pay excuse me especially with the accomplishments they've made so if the revenue was there and and, and it, this is what i believe if the revenue was there for the women they need to be getting the equal pay because obviously the men have been very disappointing in the last 10 years now some people would say well the only reason why the women are doing great is because some of these other countries um, the way they treat their women. I mean, and that is a, a true point. You know, in in our country, women have a lot of freedoms that other ones don't. Um, but the in the women's game, though, as you've noticed over the years, though that that that's in soccer, some of those teams have been getting better as far as athletically and skill wise. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of the revenue, there is kind of equal balance in terms like similar revenue amounts between U.S. men's soccer and U.S. soccer, which which is the women's game. And so, from that basis, yeah. But yeah, in terms of kind of the competition, but yeah, the, the women the women go through tough roads every single tournament. So we think back in 2011 where they lost in the final to Japan. Four years later, hey, we're 
We're kind of North America tournament. Hey, we get Japan. We beat them. This year, we talked you know, talked about it throughout the tournament. They went through, you know, there were conversations. Oh, maybe they should lose so they can go through the you know, easier side of the bracket and knockout stages. No, they decided, hey, we're just going to play a full squad. We're going to beat Sweden. Then you beat Spain. You beat France, the second best team in the tournament, hands down. You beat England, the third best team in the tournament, hands down. And then you play the Netherlands, who are the reigning European kind of continental champions. And like that, that's a murderer's row. Like, like for comparison, it's, let's say the men's national team were actually good. And so then, because the men are so good in the knockout stages, you play, and we'll, we'll play, you know, if we're going to do an, an America's Cup, so Copa America, that's American team. We'll, we'll say Uruguay in the knockout stage. But then you play Brazil, and then you play Argentina. Oh, and then when you get to the semifinals, then you, you know, or you play Mexico, like those four more in a row. And we're not getting through them. And the women just did that on a national scale, and it was relatively, you know, I don't want to say easy, but you could tell that they were the better side in each of those four competitions. And it, it kind of kills me that people are still trying to say, oh, because, you know, the women don't draw enough. Like, is that the women's fault that they're so good and people don't want to come out and see the women's team? And like we, like we had a conversation about women's sports in general. Like, like if you're good, maybe you should get some eyes, and, you know, fund them. Like, U.S. women are making money. It's up to the soccer federation to to negotiate, get them on TV more, promote the women's game. Like, the women on the field are doing all they can and then stuff. Like, if you want to keep pouring money into MLS, like, that's fine. That's not going to make our players better. And it hasn't, if I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, that's but also, but if you bring in the MLS situation, has it made the players better? No. But at the same time, people are going to a lot of MLS games. Anyone going to the women's professional soccer league games? Not really. And I think that's that's that that is a problem. I mean, it, it, it's just a backwards culture where when it comes to to the country playing in the World Cup, everybody wants to celebrate it, which tells you where the stance of soccer is. But then when it comes to even though the women are better, when it comes to them actually supporting a league with a women's soccer team, nobody shows up, but they're still going to the MLS games, even though men's American men's soccer is bad. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like you, you want to support women when they're successful. You want to be like, Ooh, rah, rah, team USA, team USA. But then if you want to see the next crop, if you want to actually go support women's soccer, they're like, eh, I'd rather go see this mid tier MLS side. Like I'm, and being, like I've had, I had season ticket members, you know, membership to the crew a couple of years ago. Like, that was decent football. Like, I enjoyed myself. But if it was between that and going to an NWSL game, like, I would have loved to have a membership to NWSL. Because, yes, the product may be not as, you know, glitz and glamorous and, you know, world-class stadiums and everything like that, but you know the product on the field is going to be leaps and bounds, if not similar, probably a little better than the MLS. Because you know it is. The best of the best that are on the women's side, and within MLS, it's you know, but you it's, can throw but, in the, 
But it's about entertainment, though. I mean, you're a soccer fan, and, and you, like me on the NBA basketball side, you watch ducks play soccer because you you're really invested in soccer and in the technical side and the and the and the basically the mental side of it and the way people play. But at the end of the day, pro sports is pretty much ninety percent entertainment. You're gonna have that ten percent, maybe fifteen percent that's gonna be diehard soccer, basketball, football, baseball fans. But the other eighty five to ninety percent are there just for the entertainment. So or if they're winning, you know, they come through. There's, 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 there's always a sidebar, but there's always something, a storyline. And, and, and think about it. The NBA's figured it out. The NFL's figured it out during the offseason. You need storylines to stay relevant. The NBA free agency, the offseason stuff with the NFL, with the combine and the draft. Major League Baseball still hasn't figured that out yet, and neither has hockey. And that's why they're kind of tailing along in this country. And I think it's the same thing with women's sports. For them... They're winning, they're really good, and Megan Rapino is, you know, a lightning rod for a, a lot of various subjects, so people are going to be watching. But then when you split it all up and go to the, the, the women's soccer professional league, what's the storyline um, basically motivating it? And then it comes to that point where, you know, in, in today's world, think about it. Nobody reads the full article. They just read the headline, and they make their assumptions. Nobody watches a full game. They just watch the highlights. So if you're if you don't have nothing that's bringing a headline bringing you in or a highlights or a star, nobody's going to be watching. And unfortunately, that's where we've gone, especially with the internet and our attention span. That goes for all sports. I mean, think about it. Men's sports and MLS. There's something that's I get I think pushing it to where there's um uh basically people want it want to really watch it women's sports on the other hand unfortunately we still people just don't think it's entertaining you know whether it's chauvinist outdated ideas i think like me i think the WNBA is very interesting to watch but let's face it there's still people out there that just think that male sports is all oh, more athletic and i like to watch this way and watching girls sports is like watching uh youth sports which obviously is not there but People, unfortunately, have that archaic, chauvinistic view of women's sports. Yeah, and I think kind of it's a perfect analogy. Like, the women, like the U.S. women's basketball team internationally, you know, they watch the floor where countries win by 80, 90 points. But are people really going out to WNBA games? No. And these are in some cities where, the, if we're just going to be honest, the WNBA team is more successful and more entertaining than the actual NBA team. True. But because, you know, for WNBA, a lot of people are like, oh, when's WNBA play? And then you look at, you know, ESPN at 4 o'clock, there are, you know, three or four games that have already been played, and it's like, what? Well, once again, it's the the people don't want to watch the game and watch them play very fundamentally sound basketball. They want to see the highlights. And obviously highlights where average fans, um, basically it's about dunking and three-point shots and all the, the Euro steps and the – the, the crossovers and some people just don't like that finish it up david because we got to get on out of here yeah and i just think kind of at the end of the day if you want kind of to promote women's game make them more accessible you can't have you know like with the WNBA, yeah you're having games in the middle of the day of the work week like a lot of people aren't going to be able to go to a noon or one o'clock afternoon tip like maybe if 
And that's kind of the dichotomy with men's and women's sports. A lot of the men's sports, you know, 7.05, 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock. If you want to promote the women, put them on prime time. And then when they're in prime time, when people can actually go see them, they'll go see them. Yeah, that is true. What you got going on for the weekend, man? All right, just enjoying this heat wave a little bit. Get some more football, watch a little bit of baseball, and figure out the next division I'm going to preview for next week. That's right. Thank you for that preview. So we had the preview in NBA free agency and about women's soccer and women's sports, basically how to get fans to get involved with women's sports in general. Thanks, David. Have a good weekend, man. All right. See you next week. All right. That was David, the man of God here is here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you always check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. WGTs after further review has got a picture of Frank Vashner in the horse's head. Unfortunately, uh, Frank couldn't join us. He had to work. But once again, he's always bringing you some great stuff. Hopefully next week uh, he'll bring you some NHL hockey power plays or something about Detroit sports. He'll get off his chest. But hopefully by August we'll be back live in the studio for David and Frank. I'm Derek Lawson. It's been a presentation of 88.3 WJT's. After further review, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. We're out.